Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You guys don't need me this morning. You don't need me. You're good. A plus, A plus, 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 plus. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Just want to welcome all the fascists. <laughs> if, you don't, if you're new here, you don't know what I'm talking about, or you don't pay any attention to politics, that's a joke, so take it easy. Some of, the fa- some, of the, some of the faces are like, what did I walk into? That's from the president's speech. All of us on the right side of politics are now insurrectionist fascists. If you, if you believe that it's actually immoral to pull a baby out of its mother's womb, peace by bloody peace, if you believe in a election integrity, you know, what's, what's wrong with doing audits? I mean, I wouldn't care. If, if I ran for Northport mayor, if I ran for Northport mayor and I won and they wanted to do an audit, do it. I don't care. Why would I care? See, everybody, everyone practicing evil hates the light. They don't come to the light unless their deeds be exposed. They don't want things to be known. And I want you to know this, that everything that the, and this for some of you, you might be thinking this is politics, not politics. It's Christ versus Antichrist. If you ever see anybody trying to implement where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without a piece of paper, without a mark, without a common pass, without a vaccine pass, without a green pass, a mark on your right hand or on your forehead, which will, which will be where it ends up being. Whenever you see that happening, mark that side, make a note. That's the Antichrist spirit. Who's doing that? Certainly isn't my end of politics. Certainly isn't my end of politics that's mass censoring. Certainly isn't my end of politics. If you want to call this politics that butchers 41.2 million babies a year in the womb worldwide. And that's a UN statistic, so who knows how accurate it really is. So it's not politics. So don't, don't just put a veil over your face now and shut down all oh, the preachers preaching politics. Not preaching politics. It's Christ versus Antichrist. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It's not politics. I want you to know something, that the leftist globalist movement projects onto you that which they are, so they can take the pressure off themselves, so they can take the blame off themselves, so they can deflect onto you that which they are, so that they can implement their agenda. Their agenda is the antichrist agenda. Not being able to buy, sell, trade, or travel, without a QR-coded mark of the beast on your phone is not of Jesus. 
And the church in America and the church around the world should be speaking out against the theft of freedom. Don your black robe. Get it out of the closet if you ever had one. If you don't have one, go buy one. Don't, don't start speaking to the culture. Stop being afraid. I want you to know something. People who preach, you know, there shouldn't be any politics from the pulpit. I'm too, I'm too humble. I'm too, I'm too full of humility. I'm too full of kindness. All of those things are thinly veiled cowardice. They're afraid of the consequences of the truth. Most people don masks and took vaccines not because they were afraid of COVID. They did it so they could fly. They did it so they could work. They did it so they could go uh, see, a, uh, see a loved one. Some countries, they did it so they could keep their bank account open. Those things are not of God. So if they're not of God, what are, who are they from? And see, we in the church need to stop. It's not we here. I should say they in the church need to stop worrying about the consequences to your congregation. Look at us. Now, I may only appeal to the fringe, lunatic, evangelical, but the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. Most people that call themselves Christians, legit and not, are gonna take the mark of the beast. Tom, how could you preach that? It's such a downer. <coughs> because that's what the Bible says. If the Bible preaches a downer, you preach it. If the Bible preaches encouragement, you preach it. If it preaches joy, you preach it. If it preaches godly sorrow, you preach it. There's lots of Christians out of James chapter four, verse nine. There's so many Christians that are so full of themselves and are complacent and happy with their complacency. In James chapter four, verse nine says, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Who preaches that? I do, because it's the Bible. If that applies to you right now, then it applies to you. Let me say, tell you this, and eventually I'll get to the message. I'm not there yet. This is all for free. You can, you can drop, well, if you want to, you can drop an extra $4 in the offering today because you're getting like a, an extra message. Some of you, listen, you need to tune in to Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He's actually preaching a series right now. He's actually preaching a series. That's, that, that's called, Who Told You That You Were In A Season Of Waiting? Let me just tell you this. If you're in a season of waiting, there's only two possibilities. Either God has not called you into what you think that you're called to, or you're not doing what you're supposed to do. There is no seasons of waiting. Oh, find that in the word, please. See, we have all sorts of little slogans inside the church that excuse away laziness, that excuse away fear and cowardice. I'm in a season of waiting right now. No, you're in a season of waiting. You've been sitting there for years. Years. It's either because God has not called you into that which you think you're called into, or you're not doing what it takes to get it done. 
God called me to start a church. You know what I did? Started it. And by the way, just so you know, it's embarrassing to start a church. It is. You're like, oh, no, I can't imagine. That's because you've never done it. It's embarrassing. Listen, unless you're Pastor Rodney, who already has an international following and launches his first Sunday with over 1,000 people, or Jonathan. Jonathan started off with a couple hundred people. You were because they already have a big following. Me, no following. (laughs) Nothing. So counting all four members of my family, including myself, we launched with 21 <laughs> at Inglewood Elementary School. Inglewood Elementary School, right when Hurricane Charlie hit. Look at that timing. I was working night shift patrol for the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. And we had no electricity. That's when my first Sunday preaching at Foundation Church, whether it was four or five, I can't remember whether it was 2004 or 2005, whenever Charlie hit. 2004, my first Sunday, I brushed my teeth in the pool. <laughs> we had no water. Where I live, everything, we have a well, so we have a reverse osmosis plant in the backyard. No electricity, no water. So I did all my, all my washing and bathing or whatever in the pool Sunday morning. That's after working night shift patrol, got off at seven o'clock in the morning, jumped in the pool. Went to Inglewood Elementary School, preached in front of about 14 people because there's there's kids there. In our little green chairs in the Kappa Gymatorium in Inglewood Elementary School. And then the next Sunday, we swelled from 21 to 19. Because of course people left, because I was preaching. You mentioned anything about sin to Christians, and they leave. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, but if you say sin in front of a Christian, uh, that, that's not Christ-like. What? But I stepped out and did it, and it was rough. I've told you this many times. I had a guy come up to me in church. He goes, you know, I really, we really want you to start a young married couple's ministry. And I was young and stupid then, so I said, okay, I'll do it. I was already the youth pastor, I was already the senior pastor, and I was already the worship leader. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'll teach another one. And I led prayer on Tuesday nights. So I started the young married couple's ministry, and he never came. (laughs) And now he's a a divorced drug addict. Seriously. Oh, it's his fault. It's his fault. So what God's gonna do for you on the day of judgment. It's not what's gonna happen. You guys all think that's Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. You should be like, repent in Jesus' name. That's all I am. You like that, Tom? You don't win souls that way. How many of you won? You need, to, you need to tell people the truth. In all the modern day churches, they sit in here 
They sit in churches for years, living with their girlfriend, believing they're going to heaven, and if they died that day, they're going straight to hell, and nobody ever even told them. And they said some sort of pseudo-sinner's prayer. Lord, how many of you want to start your spiritual journey this morning here? I'll start my spirit. I mean, I still get to have sex? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can if you're married. Well, I'm gone then. Pastors all know that, so they don't preach it. Hoping someday maybe they'll catch on to something they never hear. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've never heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Romans 10, 14. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans 10, 15. Amen? Amen. Now what we're talking about right now is next level. We must be operating in the miraculous. I did not say I. I said we. We must be operating in the miraculous. If we are going to be the Second Thessalonians chapter 2 restraining, we have to be operating not only in no's, but in yeses. I'm going to preach this sermon series later called Both. Everything in the, in the gospel is about both. Everything. Faith and works, it's all both. Faith versus unbelief, it's both. Here's what's happened inside the modern church. They're only about yeses. We don't operate in lists here. Um, we're not about what you can't do. We're about what you can do. Praise Jesus. Now, if you will, please get the offering plates out. It's both. If you don't have the no's, you're useless. If you don't have the yeses, you're useless. It's yeses and no's. If you're going to be the end times restraining, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. Now you know what is restraining. Now you know what is, rest is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, until we are raptured. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. But it's all about, it's not just about we're against this or we're against that. Now look at me. It is about that though. Let me make that clear. I'm not some art church pastor. We need to be against things. But we also need to be doing things. So we can't just be against, oh, I'm against this and I'm against that. Well, it's good. And you should be, and you have to be, and you should tell people about it. Amen. I'm against that. You should. Jesus did. Why won't you? But Jesus didn't, just, Jesus didn't just do that. He also performed miracles. We have to be performing miracles. Our lifestyle should be miraculous. Amen. Are you getting it now? 
Can't just be yeses, can't just be noes. Now, I told you this earlier. I'm going to say it again because I'm going to back it up with Scripture. Many Christians, they're human. Let's, let's, let's go with no's first, and then we're going to shift heavy duty to yeses. Is, it my, mic? Is my mic being funky? Well, let's see if we can work that other one out then, if we can. Man, I'm going to throw this thing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we have a, you know what it is, is it's actually, but if it's going to be like hell on earth with that thing. What's happening is it's all about technology. That's the problem. Some piece of garbage back there has decided to not work correctly. Now I gotta, they have to come in, give us another one, take that one, go repair it, bring it back, take the one they gave us, blah. That's, what is ha- that's what's happening with it. But let me cover the nose real quick because I want to back it up with Scripture. And as I said earlier, a lot of Christians will never get into the nose. You can't forget about the yeses. And if you don't do the yeses, forget about the nose. It's always both. So let's go over the nose. Many Christians, they say that they're, you know what? I'm just too humble. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm too, I, I don't want to be negative towards people. I'm very full of humility. I'm full of kindness and, and, and in neutrality. All of those are thinly veiled cowardice. It's all that they are. This will be harsh now. Most of the churches, 99.9, really all. The churches around here this morning are preaching thinly veiled cowardice. Kindness, humility. You always have to ask yourself, what is humility? Is it your version or Jesus's? If, you're, if your version of humility is, you know what, I just... You know, my family is full of drug use and alcoholism and um, fornication and maybe homosexuality, but, you know, I don't want to bring attention to myself, so I just, I don't say anything because I don't, I don't want anybody to think that I'm above them. That's cowardice. You're just afraid. I don't understand why people have a problem with people wearing masks. Okay, well, we're just entered our 29th month of 15 days to flatten the curve. That's why I had a problem with it. Our military is getting kicked out of the service because they refuse to take a vaccination that's supposed to stop transmission and infection that doesn't stop transmission or infection. They're kicked out because they are allegedly transmitting and infecting if they don't take the vaccination based on a vaccination that doesn't stop transmission or infection. So if it makes no sense and it's illogical, that means it's evil. Think about it. Vaccine mandates based on stopping transmission and infection, based on a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission or infection. Masking to stop transmission and infection when masking doesn't stop transmission or infection. Locking down to stop transmission or infection when locking down doesn't stop transmission or infection. 
But nobody, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to say anything. You know, people, they want to wear a mask. <clears throat> the other night, I was at the men's conference. You know, it's so funny. I used to preach against conferences. <laughs> now I'm in a conference every six weeks. <laughs> Seriously. So I was in a men's conference, and I loved it because there's 15, 20 of our men that were there. <clears throat> and Pastor Rodney lined up everybody. I don't think he expected this level of an altar call. He's like, who, who wants to receive prayer? There's 2,000 men there. 2,000. Over 2,000 men there. Everybody came up for prayer. There was actually two. I actually added some admiration for him. There's actually two guys that sat in their chairs. Everybody else came up. I was like, hey, you don't want prayer? You don't want prayer? Good. I, on the other hand, want prayer. <clears throat> so we got prayed over, and I was one of the first ones to be prayed. I just got lucky. I was standing there, standing right next to, to Jonathan and, and uh, uh, Pastor Rodney's brother, and we all got prayed over. Then there was still <laughs> 2,000 to go. So eventually I got up off the ground, I've crawled on my hands and knees so many times over the last year <laughs> to go to seats. You talk about, you want, you talk about being humbled. <laughs> I, went down, I went down to Naples and went to, to see Jonathan preach. And he said, hey, Pastor Tom, come up. You need to receive prayer. And he prophesied over our church. And just all I remember is his pink jacket going like this. The next thing I know, I was on, on the ground. And I crawled to my seat. Back to my seat, and I'm sitting there. And he called me up for prayer again. Boom, back to the ground. Crawled back to my seat. My shirt's all untucked. So Pastor Rodney prays over all of us, and he's getting to the back, and suddenly, and if you know him, he erupts. Get that mask off your face. Who do you think you are? 29 months into this thing, you are in Florida. Get that, who do you think you are coming into this church? And he tells the security, he's saying this while he's praying. <laughs> security, don't let anybody on this, on this church campus with a mask on. And what I loved about it is I'm going, well, all those men that were there, they think I'm mean. <laughs> if you're going to be pastored, then be pastored by somebody who's meaner than you. <laughs> the version of humility, kindness, Christians are never neutral. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever's more than these from the evil one. A house that's divided against itself cannot stand. No man can serve two masters. Christianity, if you're a Christian, you are not neutral, but most Christians are. I don't want to say anything because I want to exemplify Christ. Christ said everything every time. You whitewashed tombs. You sons of hell. And you, you don't consider it to be Christ-like to confront sin to confront, we shouldn't even be just confronting sin. We should be confronting outright stupidity. A vaccine mandate based on stopping transmission and infection when it doesn't? Call it what it is, stupid. 
If you're vaccinated in here, listen, I'm not against you. I am against that vaccine. And I'm going to tell you something. You need it prayed out of your body today. Of you are afraid to look mean. You leave it up to me. The altars will be open this morning or this afternoon. And you need that vaccine leached out of your body. And any damage is done, healed. Now, it's an emergency. I didn't do my usual COVID update this morning. But bodies are dropping all over the planet. There's a new study that just got released about myocarditis. How many people die when they get myocarditis? Anybody know? It's always treated as a minor affliction. It's not. 40% within two to three years of myocarditis are dead. Oh, it's no big deal. All these kids, they just did a study. This is Dr. Robert Malone, the creator of mRNA technology. Amen. Oh, this is politics. Politics? Life and death is politics to you? People living and people dying is politics to you? It's nothing to do with politics. It's a, big, a new study just came out from the Big Ten. The Big Ten Athletic Conference. Now, these are people that are, I would say, in decent shape. Big Ten athletes. They were just studying. What they did was they came in and they actually ran tests on them. And they found out that 50% of them had myocarditis and didn't know it. It's a fact. Which is why people one day have zero symptoms. And the next day they're dead. It's called SADS. Sudden adult, adult death syndrome. Number one cause of death in Alberta, Canada is unknown. For the first time in history. And Justin Trudeau tells you what? Our fifth, our fifth booster is almost ready for you. From the very people who endlessly want to lower the earth's population. Everything the globalist left does is kill people. Every single policy they implement kills people. We have the most dangerous border on the planet right now. Politics, politics. It's not politics. You know what? I want, even though it's about 50 countries a day that's represented that's crossing our border. It's a fact. Russian, Saudi Arabian. Venezuelan, it's not, a, it's not a bunch of, it's hardly any Mexicans, Cubans that are crossing the border illegally. It's all those poor people that are dying in the back of semi-truck trailers that are drowning in the Rio Grande. We have the most dangerous border on the planet, number one. It's worse than Afghanistan, Pakistan, Ukraine, Russia. It's most, Iraq, Iran. Most dangerous border on the planet we own in simply 18 months of a leftist administration. Because they, it's always about death. They create a virus that kills people. They mask people, which kills people. They lock down people, which kills people. Then they come up with the ultimate solution, the vaccine, which kills people. It's always death. Always, every single time. They can't get you in the womb, they'll get you out of the womb. It's a spirit of murder. It's demonic. Many of them worship the devil. Seriously, worship the devil. 
The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10.10. 10. And you need to say something about it. Well, if I do, my mom might not like me anymore. Your enemies will be the members of your own household. Do you ever read the Bible? Matthew 10.36. You saying, Tom, go make enemies? No, I'm saying speak the truth and let, let the enemy situation fall where it may. Tell me you need to speak the truth to your spouse. You're moody. Knock it off. Uh, your, your mental illness, you know what? Knock it off. You know, you're afraid to laugh on that one. I got peed only. No, peed on, only on that one. I don't want to trample on that. Mental illness is nothing more, nothing more than seeds that were planted that have come to fruition. Nothing more than that. Nothing more. And you, listen, you may need to go to your spouse and say to him or her, get over it. Start praying, start fasting, and move on. Oh, I'm bipolar. You're not bipolar. There's no such thing as bipolar. You're moody. You have ups and downs that you've obeyed your entire life, so they become very steep. I'm going to stay in bed today because I'm on the lower end of bipolar. <laughs> and you call yourself a believer? He's given you a sound mind. First Timothy 1 says, power, love, and a sound mind. You take Sundays off because you're having a mental health day. You forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because you are so self-absorbed, you can't get out of bed. You're welcome. I know, listen, you don't think I know that people are never coming back? I'm looking at the faces. I can already tell who's not coming back. Why would you want to stay like that? Well, I don't like the way you're saying it. All right, so let me ask you this. If a doctor came up to you, and was going to give you life-saving information. Here are, here's what you need to do in the next five days to save your life. Or you're going to have a doctor who is going to nicely not tell you what to do to save your life. So you have a doctor come up to you, and every other word out of his mouth is the MFR. But it's the five things that you will need to do in the next five days to save your life. Or the nice guy goes, listen, we, just, we love you. Just really care about you. We're going to mix together some protein shakes for you and some, here's some kiwi fruit, some seaweed, some kelp. Just drink that. And if you need some affirmation, some anti-shaming, call me on the phone and I'll do that for you. And you're going to die, which I'll take the MFR. Paul went so far to say, I rejoice that they're preaching whether they have false motives or true. 
At least they may have false motives of self-glorification, but at least they're speaking the truth. So stop being offended. Pull, listen, wedge that thumb out of your mouth and start growing. You know it's you and you know it's true. Don't th- you like, uh, you don't think this applies to me? You don't think there's areas in my life where I'm in the fetal position in the corner of a dark room with my thumb jammed so far up my mouth I'm gagging? There is. What do you think my wife tells me? Oh, Tom. Yeah, right. You just, you just keep trying. Anytime I'm struggling, you know what I get? You don't pray enough. You don't study enough. You don't fast enough. That's what I get. You know what I answer? You're right. What am I going to say? I'm not like you. I don't, I listen, if this applies to you, I'm not like you. I'm not going to sit there and say what's not true is true or what isn't true is true. I'm not going to do it. It's true. I'm not going to say it's not. Well, I don't really like the way you said that to me, Hope. I've told you this before. I never ask her, hey, what'd you think of today's message? I don't want to know. Have a nice Sunday. That humility and that kindness and neutrality that you're seeing inside the modern church is the greasing of the skids for the Antichrist. Where do you get this from, Tom? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going 1, 2, 5, 6, 9 through 13. I'll name them for you. Here's verse 1. It is actually reported, now we're talking about no's. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. You're like, Tom, Am I not welcome in this church because I'm currently sexually immoral? No, you're totally welcome. The problem was this was a public figure making a public proclamation. Here I am, maybe even a leader in the church. I'm sexually immoral. I'm actually living with my father's wife. In the church, here we go, verse 2, and you are puffed up. That's the modern church. Oh, look at, you know, everybody who comes in here feels comfortable. Everybody in here right now is not comfortable. And it's only going to get worse because I'm turning the heat up. Why? To save your soul. I don't want you walking out of here with sin on your shoulders. I want you to take that sin and put it onto Jesus' shoulders. And you are puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Deliver such a one to Satan. That's not Christ-like. This is the word. It is Christ. For the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory, verse 6, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? This is why you saw the church cave internationally. 
Because they were leavened. They walked away from prosperity. They walked away from power. They walked away from anointing. They walked away from healing long before they walked away from obedience. They couldn't sniff it out. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8, 14. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Those are the two verses. Everyone only quotes the, first, the second one, not the first. What is good? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. What determines what's good? It's what the Holy Spirit's praying. And the Holy Spirit prays that which he's heard, which is the word of God. Period. Period. Nothing else. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what the Spirit prays. So when, the, when, when COVID was thrust upon all of us, those of you that are sitting in this room, you probably smelled it out. Most did not. They're not led by the Spirit of God. They walked away. They walked away. Then the Holy Spirit says to you, you know what, you have a cold right now. I want to make you well. No, give me the NyQuil. I'm just going to sleep it off. Just get a little high off of it anyway. You walked away. Christians don't want to be rich. Even though 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says you're supposed to be rich. Oh, well, Tom, I, I really don't believe it. Based on what? Give me your Bible verses. It is, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But you're already saved. Mark 10, 20, you're already saved. How are you going to feed the poor without money? I love, I love all, the poverty, all the poverty Christians out there. Well, we're here. We're so humble. Veiled cowardice. Veiled laziness. We're so humble. You know, we, we, we barely get by. And we're good with that. We're good with that. Well, you have millions of people starving to death. And by the way, the UN is projecting starvation that's never been seen before in your generation. So what are you gonna, how are you going to feed them Exactly. With no money. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, really, I don't care about money. Oh, really? Interesting. What's that phone you got? What'd that cost? What's that car? You might be driving around in one of those little cubicles that everybody's driving around in now. I wish a stray missile from McDill Air Force Base would. <laughs> Just barely getting by. I'm all, no, listen. You need to be praying in wealth. How, how are you going to change the world? Hope shows Daniel, Daniel and Bia, right? You paid for that. The church paid for that. You did. I did. I don't deserve any credit for that. That was us. $70,000 from this church. Seventy grand. Look what happened. You know what happens without that 70,000? Bupkis. Nothing. Crusade canceled. Oh, we, I don't care about money, coward. You're afraid to affect the world. You're afraid to be held accountable for souls. Your glorying is not good. Look how humble I am. Look how kind I am. Look how little I need in life. Well, give it all away then. Become a millionaire. Make your $1 million, $1 million a year. 
and give away 950,000, live on 50 grand. Be humble. Now I'm in a season of waiting. All terms that don't exist in the Bible. Takes a village, everything happens for a reason. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world. Where do you get this from? This is the Bible. This is what you as a Christian are supposed to be basing your life on. Not what's in your heart. I feel, feel it in my heart. This is what, this, if, this, if the Holy Spirit bases his existence on the word of God, then ought you? Or are you greater than he? he the Holy Spirit does, does, doesn't go, well, I feel this way. Holy Spirit speaks only that which he's heard. That should be you too. Yet I certainly did not mean the sexually immoral people of this world. How are we going to reach them without talking to them? Or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now, verse 11, but now I have written to you and not to, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Now listen, let me, let me make sure that I divide this correctly for you. Everybody in America calls themselves a Christian. That wasn't the case then. Back then, you called yourself Christian. You were expelled from the synagogue. Expelled from the synagogue is the equivalent of you being expelled from Walmart or from shopping, not just going to church. The Sanhedrin were the political leaders of the day. You were expelled from society. That's why many of them committed apostasy and went back. Hebrews chapter 6. I read to you last week. So I'm not talking about Uncle Fred who smokes and dips and chews and listens to this and listens to that, calls himself a Jesus follower. You can, listen, he's not, he's not really saved. So don't, don't be like, I can't, I can't associate with people who call themselves Christians in America because everybody calls himself a Christian in America. It's not what I'm talking about. So make sure you make that delineation. I'm talking about people inside a church, possibly even in leadership, that are calling themselves believers. Those people are to be confronted. Those people are even to be expelled from among you. See how quiet it is? Because you've been programmed to think that's not Christ-like which is what led to the fall of the church in 2020. They don't sense the sharpness of God. He's quick. He's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Not soft and kind by today's standards. His kindness leads you towards repentance. Not that his kindness leads you towards enabling. 
But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Which would eliminate a lot of people inside the, inside the modern church. For what, I, what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do not judge those who are outside. Judge those who are inside. Wait a minute, Tom. I was told never to judge. See how you're already whispering? <laughs> who told you not to judge? The only time you don't judge is when? You're doing the same thing. Some of you do listen to my messages. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Fathers, if you see your adult son sinning, what do you do? Well, I don't want to come down too hard on him because I don't want to breed rebellion. That's not a Bible verse. You go to him and you say, what, what is, how are you living right now? Well, Dad, I, I don't want to tell. Why don't you want to tell me? Ask him, point, look him in the eye. Are you having sex with your girlfriend? Oh, you would never do that. You wouldn't be able to make it an inch in my house like that. A lot, of, a lot of you guys are letting your girls and boys date when they're 14 years old. My kids were not allowed to date until they were 18, an adult. Oh, Tom, that breeds rebellion. Why have mine, why have mine not rebelled and yours have then? You were trying so hard to not breed rebellion and they all rebelled. Because trying not to breed rebellion is not a Bible verse. Mine is all based on Bible verse. You will not be yoked together with an unbeliever in my house. Period. There's other ways to drive your kids away from you too. I'll get to that later. But those, verse 13, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, God will take care of the outside. Judgment begins in the house of God with us judging one another. And understand what judgment means. Judgment is not making a judgment call. It's not like, well, you know what, I, I saw you know, Jeff talking to Vanessa over there and Vanessa pointed at me, oh, they're talking about me. Now, that's just, that's a judgment call. Judgment is, if somebody is sinning, you confront the sin. If they're a public figure inside the church or they're glorifying in it in a Bible study, bye-bye. Let me ask you a question. You think that anybody at Foundation Church who's fornicating or is a homosexual, who's at the Bible study saying, you know what, it's all good and let me show you why. I've read this book from Pastor Backslidden. And he says it's all fine. It's just a greater understanding of grace. You're either gonna shut up or you're gonna be expelled from this church. Ask people who have been expelled from this church. You're like, Tommy, you do that? Of course. I'm here to protect you. I'm not letting wolves in the flock. Pastors carry a rod, a staff, and a knife. We preach the Bible here. 
that offends the homosexual, it offends the homosexual. Offends the fornicator or the liar, it offends the fornicator and the liar. Well, you sound like somebody who thinks that they're above sin. Never said that I'm above sin. I've just turned from my sin. And that's what you'll be preached here. Turn from your sin. Period. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. So that covers the no's. 1141. So that we got a lot of time for yeses. We'll be out of here by 145. One forty-eight. So we have to bring the, yes, the yeses now. We've talked about the no's. We're against things. I'm against masks. I'm against vaccines. I'm against lockdowns. I'm against the devil. I'm against religion. And you have to be, and you should be vocal about it. But then you have to be vocal and actually conduct the yeses. You really can't conduct a no. I'm against it. Good, it shouldn't be happening then. But when you say yes, that means you're going to have to take action. Yeses mean nothing without noes. Noes mean nothing without yeses. So if we're going to go next level, we have to bring the yeses. Let's start off right here. John chapter 4, verse 48. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Does that apply to today? It's just the way it is. You may not like it, but as Ric Flair says, you better learn to love it. Is this the best thing going today? Woo! The Bible's the Bible. People don't believe without signs and wonders. They don't. It's why everybody turns to gimmicks. Hope talked about the God-shaped void in, the, in, in every human being this morning. Everybody wants signs and wonders, but they don't, have, they don't do what it takes to get them. Well, it's by grace you have been saved through faith, not, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Nobody ever quotes 210. They only quote 2, 8, and 9. Because it excuses incompetence and laziness. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Read the Bible. That's not sexy, Tom. Stop being sexy. (laughs) Shut that device off and study the word of God. In dead silence. You want to feel something? Everybody wants to feel something. You really want to feel things? Get alone with God. Stop taking the cocaine of this world. It's all drug addict. That's what a drug addict is. There's a lot of us in here. I include myself in this. We're dopamine addicts. You just don't know it. If they sold it on the open market, you and I would be injecting ourselves with it. Everybody, you're scared to respond. That's what this does. It makes you pliable to the world. For the influences of the, of the prince of the power of the air softens you up. Get alone with God. Shut everything off. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God 
to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. A man attested to you by God by miracles, wonders, and signs. But that was Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. And these signs will follow those who believe. What's the qualification? Believing. And these signs will follow. Why don't they? Something's wrong. It's why the church has turned to squiggly, waving signs. Out in front of the churches. Abundant whatever, coast whatever. They water down the message to keep people in because they are not operating in the miraculous. They're not operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. So you gotta keep people somehow because the rule of thumb is unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. It's the way it is. Now some of you didn't, didn't see signs and wonders. It's better to not see and believe as Thomas learned. But for most... You know what? I love the most. This may shock some of you. I love Democrats. I do. I love those people. I love watered-down Christians. I hate their theology and ideology in both groups. Hate it. Annoyed by it. Very difficult for me to be nice to them. (laughs) But I want to reach those people. Most of them are never coming until you start melting tumors. What do they always say to us all the time? You'll hear one of two things if you're ever interviewed by Joy Behar. True. She'll come out right away. Where do you stand on homosexuality? They want to get you. And I go, no problem whatsoever. That's hell bouncing. It's what every so-called Christian who's been on The View should have said, none of them did. It went, oh for, who, oh, for whatever. That's why I respect so much Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee. He's on the number one podcast on the planet with Joe Rogan. Umpteen millions, tens of millions will watch and are watching. And he's asked point blank by Joe Rogan, are you telling me that if your 14-year-old daughter was raped and was pregnant that you'd make her keep that baby? Yep! One, a murder doesn't solve a rape. I know a lot of you are afraid to say those sort of things. That's God. Before God formed that child in the womb, he knew them. You're going to go slaughter that baby? And don't even hand me those extremist examples because that's .01% of all abortions. And if you watch that interview, and I encourage you to watch it, Seth Dillon, Babylon B, Joe Rogan, that's how you stand. That's what you do. You speak it. And you watch right there. Joe Rogan turns around. There's anointing in the room. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in the room. And Joe Rogan starts to spin the other way. Why? You know, Joe Rogan's actually pliable. He saw the book of Revelation unfolding before most Christians did. He did. All the art churches are closing. Joe Rogan's going, man, I'm starting to think the book of Revelation's true. Seriously. He said that on his podcast in front of millions and millions of people. He's the only one outside of us 
outside of Jonathan, outside of Pastor Rodney, outside of Arthur Pulaski. Everybody else was, how fast can I put that mask on? I want to please people. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. See, for me, it's all Bible. And I'm holstered like a six-gun. Bring it on. Tom, I want to, uh, I've had many people confront me at the door. Had a, woman, had a young lady come to me at the door. She just starts bur- bursts into tears. Strike one. <laughs> it's not Jesus style. Just talking about like homosexuality. I'm like, well, here's the Bible verses. And she just, I just think, I said, let me just stop you. Do you notice how everything that I'm saying is a Bible verse and everything that you're saying is I feel? But yet you think you're right. I just told her, listen, this isn't the church for you. Tom, but you could cost yourself numbers. Listen, I love numbers. I love that you're all here. I love everybody who's in this room, even the ones that look at me right now. See, I'm looking at the faces. There's faces right now that are not pleased with me. I still love you too. All I'm doing is reading you the Bible. What's offending you? Is it the Bible or is it my tone? Are you going to use my tone as an excuse to walk away from the Bible? Everybody always does that. I've told you this story many times. I had a woman in this church text me and say, you know what? I agree with the stand that the church is making, but I just don't agree with the tone. But then she did everything against the the stand the church was making. We were against masks. We were against lockdowns. She locked down. She masked. She quarantined. She wasn't really against my tone. She was against my stand. Plus, I didn't even have a tone yet. Because it just started, and I hadn't even preached about it yet. It was actually you guys that she had a problem with. The tone of the church. Take that tone. Spin it sideways. Here's the yeses. Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. In preaching the gospel of the kingdom, in healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Well, that's Jesus. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils, they will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We have to be dealing in this. Then Jesus said to him, unless you see, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. I want them to believe. It may be a weaker belief, but at least they're in. Would you, how many of you, Thomas went to heaven, 
And he only believed when he saw. Still went to heaven. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. That's just the Bible, Romans chapter 15, 1 and 2. Amen. People won't believe unless they see signs and wonders. We ought to be dealing in them. Jesus did. It's basically, Jesus did all, everything Jesus did was signs and wonders. I'll get to that now. Because not just, not just miracles of healing. How about miracles of provision? In Mark chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people, which by the way, that was 5,000 men. So you can add three or four to each of, each of those 5,000 men. Five loaves, two fishes, feed 10, 20, 30,000 people. Miracles of provision. That's why I tell you, get rich. Provide. Expand your business. Well, we're in a season of waiting. <laughs> this, we have this whole pseudo flowery Christian culture. I'm going through the valley right now. No, you aren't going through anything. You're not even camping in the valley. You're pouring footers in the valley. Because you love the valley. I hate the valley. I like mountaintops. I like being happy. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. But a broken spirit dryeth the bones. It's just a Bible verse, Proverbs 17, 22. How about miracles of anointing? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Acts 10, 38. Miracles of anointing. You should walk into a room and things change. I remember the first podcast what, what, that I did with, it was the second podcast that I did with Pastor Rodney. It was the first day that they had opened up their church. He got arrested, they had 100,000 death threats, he closed his church, so they opened up the church to do a podcast. Came in, pouring rain, torrential thunderstorm, hundreds of people in the building, set their podcast table up at the, on the stage, and I walked in there, I'm like, I don't, I'm not like that. I preached against everything that he believed for years. You don't need to be touched by God. Listen, I'm Hellfire and Brimstone, Kenneth Hagin disciple, Andrew Walmack disciple, believed in healing, believed in the power of God. But I was like, you don't need to be touched. Come on. So silly, slain in the spirit. <laughs> Laughing. Come on. <laughs> preached against it. Revival. <laughs> and I preached against it. God will mock you. He'll set a table before you in the presence of his enemies. That's his style. It's his style is to, mock, is to mock the contradictors to the word of God. I'll mo he's mocking me. I don't believe in that. So I was like, with Pastor Rodney, I was like, you know what? He's a good preacher. I'll hang around with him a little bit, whatever. I'm not trying to gain anything, not trying to lose anything. You know, he's out there for me too much, but, you know, no problem with doing a podcast with him. And I go sit in the chair, I'm like, whew. What's going on in here? What's happening? 
Finally, he just erupts. He goes, woo, and grabs me by the shoulder. I'm like, woo. <laughs> we need to be touched by God. You know, it's amazing. Is, is idiots like me who are espousing that you don't need to be touched by God. That's like saying I don't need to be touched by my spouse. We're married. I don't know about you, I like being touched by my spouse. Sorry, Norma. Poor Norma. I'm not just talking about that way, but I am talking about that way. <laughs> oh, I already have a relationship, why be touched? How antithetical to everything in the Bible and everything about marriage. That's what I was preaching. So God mocked me publicly. Good. I'll take it. It's a miracle of anointing. Just walk into a room with Pastor Rodney, I start crying. <laughs> I don't cry like that. Jonathan walks on stage and I'm like, oh, he doesn't say anything yet. Sitting in the front row at the stand, night 499. Just being, I don't even know what's happening. I'm just sitting there, I'm just overwhelmed. Pastor Rodney brings me up, what would you have to say? And nothing, nothing. God will sever your head from your shoulders. Sever it. Me, of all people with nothing to say, do you watch my podcast? I nearly pass out in the podcast because I forget to breathe. Seriously, I'm like. Breathe, man, breathe. If so many things to say, God will just sever it for you. You know, Pastor Ronnie loves to do that. What do you have to say? I, uh, Say. Then he goes, Jesus! And I got tased right here. I went, <laughs> Miracle of anointing. That should be you. That should be you. If you want it over here, shout yes. You want it here. You want it here. Amen. Receive it. You walk into Thanksgiving and people just drop. Pastor Rodney has walked into Catholic churches because the evangelicals won't take him. And the nuns are all over the floor. <laughs> laughing. Pastor Rodney, you gotta come out now. I, I can't, I, they're all on the ground, nobody's here to. That's how we should be, every last one of us. Miracles of anointing, it's not just about healing, healing's very important. Jesus did it, here's the next one. Miracle of authority. Why is this all miracles? Because it doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your education. It comes from God, it's a miracle. Miracle of authority. 
You sense it in this room right now, don't you? Mark, Mark chapter 1, 21 through 28. Jesus casts out an unclean spirit. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and they were astonished at his teaching. Miracle! Being astonished is a miracle. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Oh, don't worry, the scribes are just people who memorize the entire Torah. They had no authority. Just like all those people at Wesleyan Bible College who are full of God's kindness and, and superficial friendliness but have no authority whatsoever. They're just winning people to a glorified Elks Club. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes, not as the experts. Experts. Some of you caught that, some of you didn't. I've given up on all expertise. They're all a bunch of agenda-driven morons. The only experts that I follow are the ones who stood in the truth and lost their careers. Robert Malone, Ryan Cole, Peter McAuliffe, people like that. Simone Gold, who's in prison right now. Maximum security prison in Miami. You know why? Because she walked into an open door at the Capitol and gave a speech and walked out. Never touched a cop, never broke anything. Now she's in federal prison for 61 days. Absolute garbage. Now there was a man in, this, in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Well, what most churches do. You know what? Somebody go in and give him some nice genteel counsel, please. No, here. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Most Christians would never be mistaken as a Holy One of God. They've conformed to the pattern of this world and just have superficial niceness. That's what most Christians think Christianity is. It's not a, it's not a religion of niceness. It is a faith of power. Show me the superficial, swarmy niceness in the Bible. Well, you know, we've added that in. Oops! You're not to add to the Word of God. Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Je but Jesus rebuked him, saying, be, this is exclamation points, be quiet and come out of him. What do you say to a demon? You shut your mouth. Who do you think you are in the presence of the Holy Ghost, whom I am the temple of? Have some respect for yourself. Chris, some of you have low self-esteem. You have no respect for yourself. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are. God so loved you that he slain Jesus on your behalf. Have some respect for yourself. Let him be the glory and the lifter of your head. Enjoy your life. I will. I am. I probably enjoy my life too much. I do. I don't lean the other way. Oh, man, I'm so afflicted. All the days of the afflicted are what? Evil. 
But he that is of a merry heart is a continual feast. Everyone thinks that th people in the body of Christ think that detriments are attributes, attributes, and attributes are detriments. Oh, yeah, he's happy. He just hasn't been through anything in life. People do that when, they're, when their kids get married. Oh, they're happy now. Just wait until you've been married for 30 years like me. Is that a demon? Beelzebub! And that's your mother talking to you, giving you marital advice. Oh, you, I hope you used to get this. Oh, you serve him now. But you just wait. These are all Christian women. Who would want what you have? Yeah, she would, because we'd be there, we were dating, or engaged, all, you know, interwoven, and we all, were always around Christian people. I wasn't a standard cop, I didn't hang around cops, I hung around all Christian people. That's, you know why? Because that's what you're supposed to do, that's the Bible. Bad company corrupts, there you go, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. So I hung around Christians. Sometimes Christians need to be rebuked. But I remember, hope would be, always be I'd sit down, and, and I have for the last uh, 26 years. I've been sitting still for the last 28 years. That's how long we've known each other. I haven't gotten my own drink in my own house for 28 years. See how quiet it is? All the women are like, ah, Go ahead. Go ahead, do live like that if that's what you want. I, don't, you'll do, I can't command you to make your husband a Coke today. I can just tell you this, that I'll go home, and I'll sit, and if it wasn't for the bathroom, I'd never get up the rest of the day. <laughs> if I can solve the bathroom situation, I'm done. <laughs> but I'd be sitting there, and be like the typical Christian gathering with Hungry Howie's pizza, and, and I'd sit down, and hope, hey, can, do you want something to drink? Yeah, great, thank you. Whether we were young marrieds or dating, all the Christian women, I'll, you enjoy it now because that's not going to be that way in a couple years. <laughs> Who are you? Are you legion? <laughs> and none of the women are laughing right now. You're afraid I'm going to impose something upon you. <laughs> and they were all wrong. It's like all of them that told me, you're never gonna let you're you're never gonna keep your kids from dating until they're 18. Yeah, bull crap. <laughs> Tommy wasn't stronger than me until he was in his 20s. He couldn't beat me up until about three years ago. <laughs> now I wouldn't remain conscious for more than about 10 seconds. But then you, he's not, there's nobody override, you're not going out the door. He's not coming over. She's not coming over unless I say it's okay. I know you're afraid to okay this and you're afraid to amen it. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's not bending. It's not accommodating. You're telling me that you would actually forbade your daughter from dating somebody? Of course. And she's 21, will be 22 in November. And to this day I will. She lives in my house. And I never want you to leave. I want her to stay forever. She knows it. Any guy that starts showing interest in him, I'm watching him. 
I will watch how you worship. I will watch your church attendance. If you fail, I will let her know. If I don't like you, the relationship's over. A lot of you, that's just domineering. You're, you're, you're a misogynist. You can spin those sideways too. This is what Jesus said to the unclean spirit. He didn't accommodate. He rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then what happened? Let's go back to our verse. Remember, John 4:48. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Then they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For, what, for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Remember in Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Just like they did here. Who can this be? That even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be? By what authority does he preach that even the demons do what he tells them to do? That's you. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The question is, will you live it out? We're going a little bit long today because I've got to get to this. I've got to get to this. I'm skipping stuff to get to it. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. Because I want to give you life application. You say to yourself, that's all lovely, Tom, and I appreciate your theatrics. (laughs) Notice how I make you appreciate me. (laughs) Lovely, Tom. I'm not there. What do I do? Will you say that? I'm not there. What do I do? Let's say it all together. Ready? I'm not there. What do I do? All right, good. I'll give you the path if you want to operate in the miraculous. Authority, anointing, healing, prosperity, power. I'm going to give you the path, but I'll let you know nobody takes it. Statistically. Why you only see the great men and women of God. How many are there? One international figure stood in the midst of COVID. One. Rodney Arbrow. That's it. Name the others. Don't tell me Greg Locke. Greg Locke's not international. I love Greg Locke. And plus, he's not, a heri- he's not one of the heritage evangelical leaders. He's, he's new. He's on the internet. And I love him. He's great. Monster for Christ. But only one stood. Why? Because nobody will take this path. Will you be the exception? Narrow is the way if you find it. That's layered out. It's not just salvation. It's everything. 
The next level that we talk about in this, in this message series that's gone on for weeks more than I anticipated. Next level, very few people do. We, we sing our worship songs, we dump, we dance, we get excited in the moment. But will you go home and grind? Satan would rather you be slain in the spirit than grind. There's a lot of people, that's, and Pastor Rodney would be the first to tell you. Jonathan would be the first to tell you. I want you slain in the spirit. That's the fire. But now you got to go home and stoke the flame or it will go out. Every day, get up. Maintenance the fire. Put coals on it. Stoke it. Make it hotter. It won't be easy. Nobody does it. Statistically speaking, in this room, nobody's doing it. You're like, what kind of church is this? The exact church you need. There's no miracles in your life. You're like, well, there was one back. Stop, stop building memorials to miracles that occurred 17 years ago. Every day there should be miracles in your life. Every day. A mindset of the miraculous. So how do I get there? Number one, put him first. Listen now, wait. Everybody, don't be insulted. Now go ahead. Everybody, I almost fell off the pulpit. Listen, everybody, I should just get down on the floor because I want to be with you. But here's the thing, listen. Everybody who just said yeah probably isn't performing miracles. But you think that you've put God first. I didn't say prioritize God. I said put him first. I didn't say make him important. I didn't say live by his rules. I didn't even say stop sinning. If you don't stop sinning, you're going to hell. I'll make that clear to you. I said go make him first. Put him first. Seek him first. A lot of us, we seek him, but not first. It's not the Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Actually do it first. First thing you do in the day, God. If you, if you don't turn on a device until you've dealt with the holy God of Israel. You go and you deal with him first before you mow the yard. A lot of us, listen, we'll do anything but pray. We hate chores and we'll do chores all day to prevent us to stop ourselves from praying. Because it's carnal. It's appealing. It's easier. It's easier to do hard labor than pray. So I'm telling you, most, most will not listen to what I'm telling you right now. I say that to challenge you. I'm not saying that to demean you. I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm saying that to shock you into doing what I tell you. You got to put him first. I mean literally first. Period. Number two, James chapter four, eight through 10. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You're going to have to draw near to God. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves. That's number two. Humble yourself. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Am I raising the dead? Am I giving sight to the blind? Am I operating in authority? Am I, am I operating in power? And Am I operating in anointing? 
If not, you need to humble yourself. I did. That doesn't just hand you everything. You have to make way for the Lord through death of self. Number three, Hosea 4, 6. See how it's getting quieter in here? You, you see, what you wanted probably was for me to go, filled. <laughs> it won't work. I'll light the flame. You come up to the pulpit today. You come up to the altar today. Well, I'll light the flame. You may not leave conscious. <laughs> We're going to do that in closing here in just a minute. Matter of fact, worship team, start making your way because I'm going to finish right here. To get the migration, get the herd up here. Where's the lead bovine? There he is. <laughs> he emerged from out of the darkness. So, so far, we've got put God first and humble yourselves. Here's number three, Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. How will you operate in the promises of God that you don't know? I'm stunned to find out we're supposed to be prosperous. Oh, really? You ever read Psalm verse 1, I mean chapter 1, verse 3? That everything you lay your hands to will prosper? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich? You didn't know any of that in 2 Corinthians 8 9. So how do you operate in it? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. Why would you ever take a vaccine or put a mask on your face? Yep, yep, yep. You're afraid to offend. Stop being afraid to offend. Be hardcore. Destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Listen to this part. That thou shalt be no priest to me. You can't be a priest of God, which we all are. We are, the, we are the new Levitical order. There is no more mediators. We're all priests of God, men and women. But you can't be a priest to him. Listen, I will reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. You have to know this is like when Shaphan the scribe found the book of the law in the temple of God. It was, it was actually Hilkiah the priest found the book and he gave it to Shaphan. Shaphan the scribe, who's supposed to be an expert at scriptures, called it a book. He had no idea what it was. No idea whatsoever. That's where most Christians are. They can't operate in power because they don't know what the promises of God are that bring the power. You're supposed to be healed every time? Are you supposed to ever get sick? No, whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. You're like, Tom, we've seen you sick. Some of you have come here. You've seen me sick. You saw me out with my back being out for three, four weeks. What did I say when I came back? It was unbelief. Because I go with the Bible. Does that, does that make me feel good about me? No, but it gives me the solution. Here's the solution. I'm giving it to you right now. Study to show yourself approved. Have the knowledge. Have the knowledge of God. Number four, do what you don't feel like doing. Most of us are ruled by our carnal nature. 
Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You will have, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to operate and live in the miraculous, you are going to have to do what you don't feel like doing every day. Things will change and you'll start feeling like doing those things and then God will usher in a new level of things you don't feel like doing. But you'll get more and more holy, holy, more holy, more holy, more holy. Which is where I'll finish. A lot of Christians, I'm gonna give you this simple admonition in closing. Don't worry about being too holy. Unless you're operating in the miraculous every day, you're not. You're just a Bible study Christian. Oh yeah, I'm growing every day. How are you growing? Where? What? How? Well, I'm, I don't, I'm nicer now than I was. Where's that in the Bible? I feel like, you know, I've really gotten some in-depth in this spirit, in this, in, this, in this season of waiting that I'm in right now, I feel a, a depth of knowledge. So you're just increasing some sort of half-baked knowledge with no fruit. That's where most Christians are. You can't be, don't ever worry about being too holy. Well, you don't want to be so holy that you're no earthly good. It's not a Bible verse. Everybody says it. I've heard it since 1987 when I got saved. Being so heavily minded that you're no earthly good. The people who are like that are not actually heavenly minded. They're carnally minded. They're weird. Everywhere they go, they wear weird outfits. Like I tell you all the time, every butterfly that flies across their face is an angel. Every snake they see, oh, but it was a black snake. There's black snakes by the millions in Florida. Is not Satan. They're so heavenly minded. They're just weirdos. Don't worry, they're not holy, they're carnal. They want the attention that weirdness brings them. Be holy. Holy means that you are operating in the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Things are happening. Not people, if, if people are repelled by you, it's not the Holy Ghost. Scared of you, yes. Repelled by you, nah. You know, I'm a peculiar person. No, you're just a weirdo freak that every Christian, you are like, you are like light to cockroaches. Everybody, you walk in the room, everybody leaves. And you keep doubling down on it. If I just increase it, someday everybody will like me. No. It's never going to work. Look at the fruit. Amen? Amen? Those are the things that you have to do that nobody ever does. And you don't start tomorrow. Now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6.2. Do it now, starting today. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.